What is cooking, everyone? This is scriptwriter Steve. You've reached Barbecue 2 Movies. And today is January 21st, 2021. It is one day after the inauguration of Joe, President Joe Biden. We have to call him President Joe Biden right now, right? He is our president. He is my president. He is your president. Live with it. We have to live with it, all right? And don't get triggered when I say that. I, I know a lot of us are conservatives. We're unhappy with the results. But he is the president of the United States. And we have to wish him the best. We have to wish him the best of luck. And we have to actually hope that he does well. Because say he does well and we were wrong, right? Say we were wrong about a lot of things. And say he does a better job than President Trump. If he does a better job, then we win. Now, do I think he'll do a better job? No, I don't. I really, really don't. I have evidence up the wazoo, you know, personal life experience, which I say, hey, his policies don't work. I look at California. I look at all the Democratic cities and say, oh, my God, is the entire United States going to turn into California? In fact, I think one congressman said that we're going to make America like California again. That is scary. And I hope that is wrong because California sucks. I used to like California before. I used to work over there in California before. I used to try to make a living there in California. And, you know, before, California was the place you wanted to go because Hollywood was there. Now, you don't really want to go there. Who cares that Hollywood, Hollywood's there? There's like too many homeless people there. It's really dangerous over there. Um, the, the governor there is horrible. You know, who wants to own a house over there? You know, <laughs> your renters don't have to pay rent over there. And in order, and if you want to get them out of your house, you have to pay them a lot of times. You have to sue to get a person out of your house who is late for the rent. How do you like that? Now, California, to me, if we make America like California, California again, we're like in very big, big doo doo. We'll just say that. I don't want to swear on top of my podcast, by the way. <laughs> okay. So today's show, I am going to be analyzing the personalities of President Biden and President Trump. And again, I'll be doing it through my experience as a storyteller. Now, I'm not a psychologist. Um, I'm not even currently a screenwriter in Hollywood right now. I left that life back a long time ago. Uh, will I go back to making movies one day? Huh, I don't know. I really don't know. But I'm working with a friend of mine who was a professional screenwriter, and she's just trying to pull me back in, really pull me back in there. And uh, we'll see, though. But, uh, you know, maybe there's a movie on the horizon that I get to work on. Maybe there's not. Um, if there's not, that's fine. If there is, that's cool. You know, I really don't know. Um, but anyway... So again, I'm not a psychologist, and I tend, even though I know a lot of psychologists, I'm friends with a lot of psychologists, and I worked with a lot of psychologists up in California, um, and I use, and, and you know, when I tell stories, I do use psychology. Um, I have a pretty good understanding of it. Um, psychologists have this huge book of the DSM. I'm not sure where I put it. I think it's in the attic somewhere. But before, I used to read that thing like the Bible. And uh, when you read it, there's just it's just filled to the brim with personality disorders. And uh, <laughs> when you read it, you think you have all of them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not good to read. And uh, But here's the interesting thing is that psychologists, unfortunately, they don't understand the full spectrum of personality types. They don't understand um, the good sides of of a personality disorder. And um, the truth is, is that, is that um, our own strengths 
are our greatest weaknesses. So what you are really good at or gifted at doing is also your greatest weakness. So for example, you know, myself, which I have a personality type, which I believe is very similar to Donald Trump's, is that I am a type one, what they call a type one reformer. And uh, I am a law and order person. And I believe that, you know, things should be done a certain way. You should always follow the law or keep, or keep within a certain rules. And we all operate from a certain moral code. Well, got a bit, that sounds really, really good, right? But the problem with me is that I think everyone should operate like me. And I like to argue. I like, if you're not operating like me, I'm going to argue with you, right? And I'm going to be very critical. If you're not operating like me, you know, and, and, and abiding by my set of morals, then I am going to really chastise you. I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to tell you everything wrong with you. And I used to do that to people because I used to say, you know, I have to set you straight. <laughs> and it took a lot of reprogramming or maybe not reprogramming, but understanding of myself as saying, hey, being that critical is not healthy. Maybe that's why you're losing a lot of friends. And type one reformers, by God, it's hard to keep friends around. So psychologists, they don't understand people in that full spectrum. They don't understand people by their fears. They define people by their mental disorders and not their fears, their angers, their agendas, their paranoias. You know, they, they really don't. And it's one of those things which is really funny because um, I always thought that, and I still think that, you know, I belong to all these writers groups. And so when I think, of, wow, we have a psychologist who is in our writers group and they should like deliver a really rich story with characters that I would just pop off this page and say, wow, this is just incredible. No, their characters are all one dimensional, really bad. And uh, it's, it's as though they, don't, yeah, they have no idea how to understand, you know, the nuances, the, the, the subtleness nuances of a, of a person. Inside and out, their inner conflict, their external conflict, you know, their, you know what, what makes them tick. No, they don't. Now, I don't want to classify all psychologists altogether. And if, it's, if it sounds as though I'm going after their profession, I'm really not. I really think they do serve a purpose because they do help people get better, you know. But as far as understanding a personality, ooh, it becomes very, very tough. So anyway, going on. Now, before we get on into this personality behavior of, or, or analyzing you know, President Biden and President Trump's personality, I want to talk about today, um, and, we'll, and I'll dive a little bit more into like the, uh, what happened today, but today, well not today, it was yesterday, um, Joe Biden was, he was inaugur inaugurated as president, and um, I didn't listen to the whole speech because I thought, I, didn't, I just didn't want to. You know, it's one of those things I would rather ride my bike. I would rather work on some other things. I had some work to do. I just didn't want to. And again, I just didn't. It, didn't, it wouldn't bring me joy to, to listen to him. And, um, and it's not that I hate him, right? But it's just that it wouldn't, wouldn't bring me joy. And, that, and that's all. But I did listen to certain excerpts of it. And I did listen to it in context. And um, it, some of it, Actually, all of that, what I listened to, it really troubled me. Uh, basically, to paraphrase what he was saying, he was saying that he was basically going to go after white supremacists. Now, you're probably asking, well, why, Steve? Why are you, why are you so, um, I, guess, uh, I guess, angry that President Biden is going to go after white supremacists? Well, here's the thing. The left, and this is something I just con concluded today, the left creates their own context. 
All right. So in storytelling, you know, any statement or action, it only becomes unbelievable when it's not explained. Okay. So for example, Iron Man can fly as long as we can explain how he can do it. We have to explain the context, right? You know, Bruce Banner can transform into the Hulk as, as long as we can, can create a convincing excuse. So as long as you create a convincing excuse, it becomes believable. So you heard me say the left lies, you know, and quite often they do so without any care and without any excuse, without any context, because they will expect you to believe their lies because you've pledged your allegiance to their party. But for lies that really don't make sense, okay, um, and, to prevent, and to prevent you from engaging in any critical thinking of your own, they have to create a context so you believe that lie. They really do. So what is this context of white supremacists? Well, it's Trump supporters. So anytime they say white supremacy, they're saying Trump. They're saying President Trump and his supporters. The whole thing about white supremacists, you know, you know, I guess invading DC was a total fallacy. I bet all of those, 99.9% of the people there are not about white power. They don't hate black people. They don't hate like, you know, minorities. They don't hate people like me. I'm Chinese. You know, in their, in their eyes, because I support Trump, I myself am a white supremacist. Or maybe I hate blacks. I don't. I don't hate any race. I don't judge anyone on the, by the color of their skin. But here they go. So they're creating this context. And what really troubled me more was that, was that they said that white supremacy was an existential threat. So what else is an existential threat? Well, global warming and COVID. And what are they doing, you know, on behalf of these quote-unquote existential threats. Well, I tell you what they did to me. You know, they took away my business. And my, my business, Dream Weddings Hawaii, almost didn't survive. I had to stay in the breadline. I went from having good credit to horrible credit because I had to live off my credit card. You know, and I couldn't pay off my credit card because, like, I had no money coming in. At one time, I didn't even have the pandemic response, so I couldn't even do that. So I got credit card debt from them because they stopped my business from happening. You know, I couldn't put food on the table because of them. Because apparently COVID was an existential threat. COVID here in Hawaii was an existential threat. We've only had 300 people, by the way, here in Hawaii who died from COVID. Last year, we had 620 people who died of the flu. And that's not counting pneumonia, all right? And, a, and I think about 100 of those deaths were children. They didn't close off the schools because of the flu last year in Hawaii. They didn't close off my business because of the flu. And I'm not saying COVID is less than the flu, but here in Hawaii, it killed way less than the flu. All right. And out of, out of all those people who died, by the way, the majority of them were in these in nursing homes or they're the elderly. So why did the young and healthy have to, the young and healthy had to quarantine, you know, and again, they created this context that COVID-19, we're in it all together, right? And we all have to suffer. Everything has to suffer. So again, we all went poor. And that's what they did. So if white supremacy, which is AKA means Trump, in the context of white supremacy, that is a Trump supporter, right? So anytime you hear white supremacy, they mean you. 
what will they do? Well, they're saying, well, we have to take away their First Amendment rights. You know, Google, Google, you know, and Apple, Amazon, Sensor and Parler, on using white supremacy as the excuse. And we're not seeing any senator, not even Joe Biden, come, coming out and saying, hey, this is a problem. I mean, even, okay, there's NAMBLA, the North American Man Love a Boy, Boy Association, which is allowed, they're basically pedophiles, all right? These guys organize trips, pedophile trips to Thailand to sleep with young kids. They do this under, under the, um, under the uh, I guess, the First Amendment rights. And unfortunately, and they can also, um, they're allowed by the, um, I guess, with using the First Amendment rights to have peacefully assemble in school cafeterias and next to playgrounds and watch little little kids um, play. This excites them. They have a pamphlet that tells them how to how to basically rape little boys. Now, under the First Amendment right, under the First Amendment, they are practicing their freedom of speech. The ACLU has defended them. Their speech is protected. Trump supporters, their speech, for some reason, is not. So a pedophile speech is protected more than a Trump, a Trump supporter speech. And these Trump supporters, yes, yeah, some of them are paranoid, some of them are conspiracy theories, but a lot of them are not. A lot of them are not. A lot of, a lot of them are flat-out legitimate discussions that if voter fraud actually happened. Or if, or if these policies actually happen. The left said, hey, if you don't like Facebook, if you don't like Twitter, make your own. And they did. And then they took it down. And where was Joe Biden about, or any of the Democrats who said, hey, you know, they shouldn't do that. What, did any of them come to bat for the First Amendment rights for Trump supporters? None. Absolutely none, because white supremacy is an existential threat. So what else will they do under this quote-unquote existential threat? And that's pretty scary to me, right? But again, I hope he does good. I hope he does good. We'll see what happens. I really do. <laughs> I don't, though. Anyway, before I start going on anymore, um, when we get back from commercial, um, I will be uh, talking about the personalities of President Biden and President Trump. Uh, now you know a little bit more about who I am, my, my background, so you think I'm not really no regular Joe Blow. I'm a kind of intelligent Joe Blow, right? So uh, I'll get back to you right after these messages. Hang around, guys. All right, everyone, I am back. I hope that commercial wasn't too long for you and I didn't lose you. So let's get right into this. Uh, we're going to start with President Trump and then go over to President Biden. And by the way, the technique which I will be using to, um, I guess, describe their personality or to analyze their personality would be through um, the Enneagram. And I don't want to get too much about it, but um, you can research it yourself. I am, I wouldn't say I'm a pro at it, but I'm pretty darn good at it. And I teach it a lot. When I teach, um, when I teach storytelling, um, I use the Enneagram um, primarily to tell my students on how to actually analyze characters, analyze people. So if you want to write a documentary, create a documentary, or even create this movie or create this story for a spe specific audience, make sure you know your audience and you can use the Enneagram for your audience and also the Enneagram to learn about, uh, learn about your characters or even learn about your subject that you're writing about and to give them a fair shake. Because the worst thing you could ever do is to self-project your own fears onto the subject that you're analyzing. 
But here we go with Donald Trump, the type one reformer. So when I say type one, that's an Enneagram type, but you don't have to know that. This is kind of interesting because I can self-project my fears onto to Donald Trump because I myself am a type one reformer. Now, I may have like, you know, touched upon what a type one reformer is, but a reformer is a person who likes to fix things. They're, they're a compulsive fixer. They're a compulsive reformer. So if something is wrong, they will want to fix it. And a lot of times they'll fix it uh, at great expense of their own wealth sometimes. So this is what Donald Trump actually did. He actually thought that the United States was broken and he used his own money to actually try to fix it. So this is what they do. And on the good side of them is that these are the people who are your referees in life. Um, if I were to give them a fictional character, they, they are your Captain Americas, right? And they're the ones that say, hey, don't do this. You should do this. You shouldn't do this. And they really keep us on the, the path, the straight and narrow path. A lot of ministers are type ones. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of firemen, a lot of police officers are type ones, right? Uh, they love law and order. order. And we, a lot of Republicans tend to be type ones. More so, like, say, for example, Rand Paul is a type one reformer. Bernie Sanders is a type one reformer. And AOC, I believe, she also is a type one reformer. Um, they are not loyal to any party. That's why Bernie Sanders, is he considers himself an independent. Uh, Donald Trump, he is not loyal to any party. Um, if you remember, he was a Democrat before. And back in the 80s, he was saying the exact same things he's saying now about trade being unfair, about China stealing our lunch and everything like that, you know, it's stealing all of our jobs. And he was a Democrat back then. Nothing changed, right? He just ran as a Republican, but he was a flat out Democrat back in the day, back in the 80s. Back in the 90s, I think. In fact, I think just right up until now, did he actually start running as a Republican? But again, party line doesn't matter. And, and the same thing goes for me. You know, party line doesn't matter. I voted for Democrat. I voted for Republican. I voted for Independent, right? So this is who Donald Trump is. So he actually, in his mind, he actually said, I am going to fix America because I feel ABCDC. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, all the way there to Z are, are wrong. And I'm, I'm going to try to fix as much as I can. And lo and behold, he did on his first term, right? He fulfilled, he fulfilled every single campaign promise that he could. And by the way, he worked until the last day he was in office, which was yesterday. He, he was working on some trade deals, finalizing some peace treaties and everything like that, which unfortunately Joe Biden may overturn, Okay. Now, when you talk about a type one reformer, um, when I talk about moral code, I don't mean that their code is actually moral. It could be immoral. It could be wrong. So in the case, and you could, you could um, really just, just, just completely disagree with it. So the, when I say Bernie Sanders is, is a type one, his morals are different than ours. His, what he believes in his world is completely wrong. Okay? Now, what are the bad things to this personality type? Number one, um, they can be very, very, very argumentative. And I know this by myself. Like, uh, we're very much willing to debate. Uh, and we love to prove our point that we're right. In fact, we have to be right all the time. Uh, we're very sensitive to criticism. And not so more so that they're criticizing us, but more so that they're criticizing our morals. 
you know, if you're doing something wrong, that means I am morally wrong, and I'm going to tell you why I'm morally right. And that's why Donald Trump is just a Twitter freak. You know, somebody says, hey, he's doing something wrong, and he's out there, you know, out there being a, you know, just a, just a Twitterer, just going, no, 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 no. I am right because of this. And I have that same problem, too. Before, um, you know, if I really get into it on Facebook, I will have like a comment war with someone because I know for a fact I am right, at least in my mind, right? And it's very hard to disengage from that. Extremely hard to disengage from it. Um, and again, we can be overly, overly critical of others. And he is overly critical of, of, of some of his, chief of, of his chief of staff. I remember there, his chief of staff I had sneezed when he was giving, uh, giving a, an interview. And he flat out scolded his chief of staff saying, you shouldn't do that. You should apologize. That's very rude. Don't sneeze. If you have to sneeze, get out of the room. You know, don't sneeze in front of me. Don't, and, and he was very, he was very pissed at that. And, you know, I could see his point of view because, you know, you don't sneeze right in front of someone and all your, you know, all of your snot goes off, goes around. But any, anyway, this is like Donald Trump. So that's the problem with it. Now, if, here's the thing. <laughs> um, with a type one reformer, um, they are very much about law and order. They follow the law. All right, and uh, you you find for myself, I will follow the law um, most of the time. I have had some speeding tickets, but most of the time, I'm not going to go out there and just you know, you know speed because I want to go fast. And um, here's one thing: the left will say, "Well, Steve, he can't be a Type One reformer because he's just a compulsive lawbreaker. He always breaks the law. He breaks it all the time. That's why we had to get him out of office." Now, this is when the left. They're self-projecting their own fears, their own fictional fears, and their fictional fears are getting in, in way of a very of their perspective of, of a very accurate perspective, and that can happen to any writer. I've met people in writers groups that say, "Wow, they wrote Donald Trump as this horrible, you know, supervillain." I keep using that word, a supervillain. He's a right because that's who they believe they are, like this lawbreaker. But here's the truth: thirty-two million dollars was spent. It was $32 million was spent by the Mueller's, uh, I guess by, the, um, by Bob Mueller, the FBI, or he, would, no, he was a special, special investigator, right? $32 million was spent trying to find a crime that Donald Trump was guilty of, guilty enough to impeach him of. And now that's what they did with Bill Clinton, right? With Ken Starr, you know, they were, they were trying to get him on Watergate. And he went all the way to Monica Lewinsky and, and interviewed Monica Lewinsky and then had Bill Clinton lie under oath, literally creating a crime because they couldn't find a crime anywhere else. And they tried to do that with Donald Trump. They tried to go into all of his businesses and everything like that and try to see what he did and, and, and whatnot and, and, and go through every twist and turn, $32 million to try find one crime that Donald Trump was guilty of and they couldn't find anything. So what do you have to say about that? That's the context of it. That's the truth. And, and they, they found out that, wow, Donald Trump, a type one reformer who actually is a law, is law abiding. That's 100% true. Now, of course, the left will never accept that. All right. In fact, the $32 million, some of it was pressured. You know, they, they used a lot of that to pressure witnesses to lie about President Trump to create a crime. But even then, they couldn't find a crime. That he created. They couldn't find one. 
But yet, but but still yet, the Democrats, they continued after the Mueller investigation, right? They were very disappointed after that three-year investigation. They used the Ukraine call to create a crime and then to find a reason to impeach him. They had to find a crime somewhere. And that crime was was uh, trying to investigate Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden's, or Hunter Biden's son, getting money from Ukraine illegally. Quid pro quo. The, Joe, um, President Trump wanted to get to the bottom of, uh, of uh, Vice President Joe Biden, then, then Vice President Joe Biden, using his, the executive office to enrich his son, which was 100% true. And the Democrats said, you can't do that. That's a violation of campaign law or campaign finances. Oh, first they said it was quid pro quo, and then they found out it wasn't, and then they moved the goalpost, and they tried to convict him of a crime when nothing actually was there. And by the way, at that moment, the FBI was investigating Joe Biden, I mean Hunter Biden, on that exact same crime. So, oh, of course, you know, the left will say, hey, again, the sexual, sexual misconduct allegations, um, which now we're talking about all the sexual misconduct or the sexual assault, assault allegations of, of, um, of Trump. Uh, I think there was up to like 15 or 20 of them. I looked into all of them. They're all false. There's plot holes in every single allegation, uh, plot holes that you can basically drive a truck through. Uh, and plot hole just means they're just a really bad lie. And um, the majority of them were brought forth by Michael Avenatti. And if you remember, he was Stormy Daniels, uh, what do you call like a Trump? I mean, Stormy Daniels' uh, lawyer. And they were trying to get Trump. Um, this is when Stormy Daniels was actually an extortionist, not a victim. And by the way, Michael Avenatti is currently um, facing 40 years of for extortion himself. I think he tried to extort Nike. <laughs> oh, boy. So, anyway. And by the way, we'll go into one more thing here because the left will say, the left will always say Donald Trump can't be a type one reformer because he has no morals and he has no moral code and he's a lawbreaker. They'll always say that. And they'll say, well, what about the time he, he bragged about raping a girl in the, um, in the bus? The hot mic moment. We're talking about, remember, I was talking about that extra, um, that, uh, uh, that extra TV show where they recorded him on that hot mic. Well, okay, so this is when Trump was a citizen, not a, not a candidate, and um, he was talking about specifically the relationship between celebrities and groupies, and quote where groupies let them, the celebrities do anything to them. Okay, so he used the word let. Let is not rape. Let means you, they'll let, they're letting you do it. If I let you use my car, you're not stealing it. So if, they, if these um, groupies let them grab them by the pee, that's not rape. Let. Keyword, let. So it's not rape. It's not sexual assault. He's not bragging about sexually assaulting a woman. He's telling, he's telling these other celebrities, when you're a celebrity, the groupies, let them do anything to them, right? And we've seen that before. We've seen what groupies, like these musicians and everything, they let the groupies let those you know, musicians do anything to them. 
<laughs> blown completely out of proportion. Completely. Was it against the law? Absolutely not. Did he break a law? Absolutely not. Was it rape? Absolutely not. The only one guilty here in this scenario is the media and the left, you know, lying and trying to accuse him of rape. Same thing they did to Brett Kavanaugh, right? Accusing someone of, someone of rape when nothing is there. All right. So again, this is um, Donald Trump. Highly moral character. He believes in right and wrong. By the way, he doesn't drink alcohol. You know, he doesn't drink alcohol because he saw what alcohol can do. His brother died of alcohol poisoning. That's the main reason why he doesn't drink alcohol. He told his kids to stay away from alcohol, stay away from drugs. And here's the thing. Look at his kids. His kids are good. You know, you can tell a lot about someone's character by the way their kids are, right? And his kids, every single one of his kids should have been a rich, spoiled kid. They should, they should have turned out like a party animal, right? But they're not. They're really good kids. I mean, they're really good adults. Look at Joe Biden's kids. Joe Biden, look at Hunter Biden. How did Hunter Biden turn out like that? <laughs> All right. So why don't we transition into Joe Biden now? Now, Joe Biden can be very much like Donald Trump, all right? Um, but he's not a type one reformer. He is what they call a type eight challenger. Now, type eight challenger, type eight challengers, um, if I want to assign a, a fictional character to them, uh, that would be Wolverine, Deadpool, um, Duke, uh, any type of, um, I guess, any type of football coach out there, most of, most of the time, they're a type eight. Uh, their personalities are very, very strong, all right? They get in your face, they challenge you. Um, and most of the time, if they're on the good side, they will challenge you to make you a better person. They will, um, they will fix you by kind of like uh, intimidating you. And uh, intimidation is one of their, I guess, one of their greatest um, strengths because they can practically scare you straight. You, you heard that before, you know, scared straight. Um, these, you need these type of people to actually scare people, uh, especially males, into making the right decisions. You know, a lot of times football coaches, again, they're not the nicest people out there. And um, they'll get a lot of people from, a lot of kids from the hood who are involved with gangs and drugs and making the wrong decisions. You're not studying in school and, and they have no father figures, right? And these type eight challenger coaches will get in their face and fix them. They're like a drill sergeant. And that's kind of what Joe Biden does. He gets into people's faces. If you notice that, he gets into people's faces and he kind of yells at them, insults them. You know, he calls them fat. He calls them, hey, you know, all, all different types of names. You're nothing. All these different types of things, right? And in a way, that could be very good. Very, very, very good. Now, a type one reformer can look like, a, a type one reformer can look like that because they can get in your face as well. But they're not as argumentative. They're not as, um, they don't challenge your, your will personally in your face as much as a type 8 challenger. A type 1 um, will, ch will challenge you, but won't be in your face like that. And Donald Trump is not one to be in your face. He will criticize you, he'll insult you, but he won't be in your face like a drill sergeant. Joe Biden, he likes to get in your face. If you've ever seen him, um, people who challenge him, he'll get right into their face, like, you know, be inches away. 
you know, personal space is completely out of there. So um, now the bad things about, you know, to the type A challenger is that, and this is the big difference between a type one reformer and a type A challenger, is the type A challenger will, um, I guess, they will push the boundaries of what is, uh, I guess, accepted. And in a way, that's a good thing because if 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 um, this is the status quo, let's say there's a status quo line, and I want you to be better than the status quo, they will push you to be better. So that boxing coach, that football coach, the drill sergeant, say, "Oh, I only can run an eight-minute mile." They'll push you. Now you're going to run a six-minute mile. They're going to push you. Now you're going to run a five-minute mile. They'll push you. Now you're running a marathon, right? That's what they do. They're challenging you. But here's the thing. When they're not healthy, um, they tend to be compulsive lawbreakers. Um, they tend to push the lines of decency. And we saw that um, pretty much, I guess, on camera. And which is really interesting because Joe Biden, really, he doesn't, he doesn't care that the camera is on him. And I talked about this a handful of times where he's out there um, sniffing young girls' hair. Now, we all know that, you know, you shouldn't go up to a stranger's, you know, even a friend's, anyone's daughter, even your own, even your own daughter, caress their cheeks romantically and their young kids, then smell their hair, close their eyes and start doing this to all of the young girls, putting your arms around them when you take photos. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that to any woman. You know, that could be, you know, everyone has their private space. When you talk, there's this... You know, you don't want to talk too close. And in fact, if, you know, someone's wife is out there, you shouldn't be nuzzling your nose into their hair, you know, massaging their shoulders. But here is Joe Biden doing this on camera in front of the press <laughs> and, and doing so with no fear that anybody will chastise him for it. Nobody, he, because he can get away with it. He's going to break the rules. He's going to push the line to decency. Here's the status quo. He's going to go over it. And he's going to keep going over it. Isn't that pretty scary? So, huh. here's a story. I mean, I, I kind of like, I didn't want to get into this, but I'll get into this. Since we talked about Donald Trump's sexual allegations, we'll have to talk about Joe Biden's sexual allegations. It's only fair. Now, um, there's a woman called Tara Reid. And there's other women too out there, by the way. And um, they all gave some pretty graphic details about Biden sniffing their hair. Their hair. Um, this one girl, Tara Reid, said he sniffed her hair and that he was, she was very uncomfortable about it. Um, she never told him no because she was very intimidated by him. She said he's a very intimidating character. But then one day, he went into a hallway. I mean, she went into a hallway and he saw her. Then he pushed her up, her up against the wall and then he shoved his fingers into her. And then when she said, no, stop, he said, come on, man, you're nothing to me. He said that straight to her face, inches from her face, right? And then he said, um, you're, you're nothing to me, right? You're, you're, you're nothing. He kept saying, you're nothing. Like someone, like, a, like, like that's what a boxing coach would say. You're nothing. You're nothing. A drill sergeant, they say that. They'll insult you right to your face. They do that kind of stuff. They're challenging you. And um, by the way, this happened before none of us ever knew about his favorite slogan line, which is, come on, man. We've heard him say that in the debate. We've, we've heard him say that when he's been challenged. 
Tara Reid told her story way before we knew about that. Do I believe her story? Well, it kind of fits within his character. That come on man, the sniffing of the hair. It also fit, fits into his type 8 challenger personality. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. But anyway. Uh, now, what, now what do we, why don't we talk about his abuse of the Oval Office? We have the rules. Don't abuse the Oval Office, right? Don't use it to enrich your own family. And he did. He did so. And he even told the story about, well, he got that lawyer you know, fired in Ukraine. And he was, he was basically saying, if you don't fire, fire that lawyer, you know, you're not going to get billions of dollars. Right there on camera. And he knew he could say that right there on camera. And even though it was illegal... He knew, the, he knew the, the, the Democrats and the press, they wouldn't put it out there, that he wouldn't get prosecuted on it because he could, he could get away with it. You know, they impeached Trump on quid pro quo and there's quid pro quo, what ha- what's happening right there and Joe Biden can't, you know, you know um, Joe Biden can do it. That doesn't make any sense, does it? One rule for them, one rule for us. Again, the rule of law, we can see that Joe Biden isn't a type one reformer. Because you, you don't have to dig deep. We don't have to spend $30 million to find crimes. It's all right out there, right there in the public, if the media would just publicize on it. But the media kept it all hidden. They didn't want to interview Tara Reid. They didn't even want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. They didn't even want to show that video at all of Hunter Biden, I mean, Joe Biden saying, hey, you know what, if... Uh, if you, if you don't fire, you know, that lawyer who's trying to prosecute my son, you don't get any money. They didn't, want to, they, they didn't even want to report on that. So, again, the rule of law, he doesn't respect it. You know what, you know, you know what he plans to do? He's, he plans to pack the court, the Supreme Court. He's going to pack it. He does not care about your First Amendment rights. He doesn't care about the Second Amendment rights. Right? And he does lie a lot. He flat out lies a lot, and he gets away with it. He lied. In fact, he had to drop out from his former campaigns before for president for lying. In fact, he lied this year. He lied about his family being this and the family being, I forgot what it was exactly. Newsmax actually found out his lies right there in the public. It's so easy to find out the truth. But again, the press wanted Trump out of the office so bad that they, they just swept his lies all under the rug and just called Trump a liar. When Trump was just talking metaphors and, and ana- analogies, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. The press likes to call Trump an, a liar, right? Trump, you can't fact check analogies. Trump speaks in a lot of exaggerations and, and uh, analogies, right? He'll say, I'm so hungry I can eat a cow. And the press will fact check that. It says, oh, President Trump thinks he can eat a cow. A whole cow. <laughs> you know, he's a liar. Now, one thing about challengers, the type 8 challenger, you find a lot of them on the football field as well. A lot of them. Um, and challengers, they don't play fair, even the coaches. So um, when you ever see, say, so, say, for example, you watch football and you see these receivers and they trap the football between their body and the ground. Now, they know for a fact that they didn't catch the ball, but here they are wrapping their arms around it, and they pop up, and um, they say, oh, look, I caught it. 
look at me, I caught it. And they're hoping that the instant replay won't show it, right? And they're hoping to actually um, hike the ball before the other coach can throw the red challenge flag. Because if you actually do an instant replay, it may show that he actually didn't catch it. So they faked it away. And, they can, and they're okay with that. They're okay with winning the game that way. They're okay. That's actually cheating, right? He didn't catch the ball. They're faking it. The, coach, the coaches are saying, hike the ball, hike the ball, hike the ball. They're okay with it. Don't, don't instant replay it. Don't review it. What does that sound like? <laughs> that sounds like what happened in the, in the election, right? Hurry up. You know, don't don't review the votes. Don't review this. Don't even look at the instant replay. Let's get Joe Biden elected immediately. Don't throw the challenge flag. Do not even let's hike the ball before they can throw the challenge flag. And that's what they did. Exact same thing. The football coach, who's a Type Eight challenger, did that. Joe Biden, who's a Type Eight challenger, he did the same thing. Same exact thing. Different personality, different characters. Same personality type. Now, here's the scary thing. He does lead a bunch of loyalists. Now, the Democrat Party, they are just... There's so many loyalists in the Democrat Party. I would say close to 80% are just loyalists. And loyalist is a personality type. They're, that's a type 6. And the type 6 loyalist, they actually... Out of all fears. Now, a type 8 challenger... They're, they have a fear of um, losing and being weak, all right? They are all about being strong. Uh, that's why Joe Biden, when he lied, he bragged about being strong, being successful, being stronger. I could do more push-ups than you, fat. Hey, fat, I could do more push-ups. Remember he called one of them, I guess, I think there was a MAGA supporter inside, the, inside one of his rallies, and he called them fat. I'm not sure if you remember that. But it's all about strength. You know, say, oh, I love to go out behind there and take, take, take Donald Trump behind the bleacher and just punch him one, right? Strength test, all right? Now, here's the funny thing. No, not funny thing. Uh, he, so he leads all these loyalists, right? And these loyalists are the one thing that they fear. They don't fear being weak. They actually fear themselves. They fear holding their own opinion. And that's why they need someone else to generate that opinion for them. They need a doctor, a professional, um, a news anchor, anyone, Nancy Pelosi. But in this case, it's Joe Biden. And right now, that is their leader. So Joe Biden will lead his loyalist. And whatever he says, they'll buy hook, line, and sinker. And they won't even question it. And that's pretty scary. So when they say... You know, we're we're um, we're actually going to fight white supremacy. They're all going to believe it. When they say Trump supporters are white supremacists, they're all going to believe it, without question. They're going to believe it down to their heart. They're really going to believe it. They're going to be sold on it. So when they see you, a white person maybe who's a Trump supporter, they're going to say, "Wow, look at there's a white supremacist." Joe Biden said that. They're not going to think for themselves. Joe Biden said it, it's good enough for me. The media said it, it's good enough for me. Everyone said it, it's trending on, it's trending on Twitter, it's trending on Instagram, it's good enough for me. I don't have to think for myself. And that's what's scary about it. So uh, that's what it is, people. Joe Biden is a type 8 challenger and Donald Trump is a type 1 reformer. 
fairly similar. One's more law-abiding than one. One's more challenging than the other. One's more intimidating than the other. Now, here's the thing. You know, Donald Trump is a type one reformer. The left, they weren't really intimidated by Donald Trump. They were more upset about his morals and his moral compass. And they actually disagree with, the, with his conservative approach. All right? They actually disagree with, uh, with his policies. They disagree with, you know, lowering taxes for the wealthy, lowering taxes for everyone, lowering taxes. They disagree with getting out of the, the Cli- Paris Climate Accord. They disagree with everything, the regulations, everything. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about his personality types. It's not about that. They used to love him before he ran for president. They, used to, they watched his show. They wanted to be on his show. They wanted to be on The Apprentice. They loved it when he, when he actually tore them, I guess, tore the contestants on The Apprentice, a new one. They absolutely loved him. He was in how many TV shows? Rap stars made, made uh, what do you call it, like music about him. They wanted to be like him. People at Obama wanted to be like Donald Trump. He said he was the American dream. What do you know, right? It's only his policies. It's what he stands for. And it's actually the conservative ideals, like our conservative ideals, for the fact that we say, hey, a man is a man, a woman is a woman. Okay, we believe that there's transgenders out there and we don't really have anything against it, but then we do think that they shouldn't be allowed to play women's sports because I think there's an unfair advantage. Is it true, right? And we do believe in free speech. We do believe that, hey, you know what? There's a, there's a level of free speech in America, which is basically a 100%. You can have the freedom to offend. You can have the freedom to insult. You can have the freedom, you know, to say anything you want. All right? But not to the left. Not to the left. All right, people. I hope... Um, I didn't bore you too much, but uh, this is what it is right here. And uh, I will talk to you later. And uh, wow, this week is almost all over. What, what do we know about that? Huh? Okay, that's it for now. Talk to you later. Bye.